It is, man. It is what it is. All right, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Warrior Workout Network podcast. It's Drew. Don't forget to check us out, www.warriorworkoutnetwork.org. With us, as always, is Sean. Yo, guys. There it is. And today, Matt Foster, our special guest. Dude. Thanks for having me, fellas. Thank you for coming on to talk. So we know Matt from the Army days, and you just went through a a pretty massive transformation. How much weight did you just lose? Uh, I was up to 270. Today, I just weighed myself. I was 208.6. 208.6. Good God. And so that was last September you started, right? That you started intermittent fasting? Yup. Yeah, I started intermittent fasting. Uh, I got back into running, which we all hate from our Army days, but effective yeah so so yeah so yeah just kind of uh so took the um initiative just wanted to you know kind of hit a, hit a dark spot in the life and uh use it as a catalyst to make a lot of changes not just you know not just physically but you you know i think inhabit um a lifestyle change and live live a different life where I just didn't like the way I was anymore. I didn't like the way I looked and what I was doing. And I, I did a complete overhaul and kind of ran with it. And I'm to a point where I love what I do now. Like, like Rook was saying before this, it's like everybody reading the same chapter from a book. It's like, it, it, it's at some point we all hit a head where we realize like, it's gotta be body, but it also has to be mind. Cause if you don't have, if you don't have the mental strength behind it, you'll never maintain the body. You'll never maintain anything that you're doing because you'll, you won't have the mental strength to get through it. Well, I think that's, yeah, I think like it's instilled in us in the army where you need to be physically fit, but it's also, you've got to have that attention to detail, that, that, that mentality that, you know, they say the warrior mentality or whatever. And I think that, you know, you need that. I think almost even first at like, or at least in stride with it or else you yep. You know, it's like a diet. People always say, if you just don't, you know, if you just go cold turkey, you end up binging, you end up falling off, and then you have to start over. And it's it's, it's kind of like, I heard Will Smith say it, like, the world's already trying to fuck you up enough. Like, you're going to kick yourself in the balls and make it even easier. So, like, why not, like, just say to yourself, like, okay, you know, self-discipline seems to be the the, the key but you have to do it in moderation, I think, at first. And then you get to a point where it's like, once you start seeing results and you see, you get that mental, um, you know, confirmation, like, hey, this is actually working. And then, you know, in there, you're, you know, we, I don't know about everybody, but I know, like, especially us, like, we battle other demons too. So not just like a weight loss thing, it's a PTSD, a PTSD thing. It's, uh, you know, you're, you're really you know, you can get ahead like, oh, I like this diet and wake up one day from a nightmare. And then it's just like, you know, I, you want to drink, you want to go out, you want to do something, you, you know, you just it, but you have to get to a point where like, like I did, where the counseling comes in and stuff like that. And then, you know, maybe you're not a hundred percent, but maybe you understand what's happening more. And that's what I think I needed was why is this happening to me over and over again? And then, you know, like once you start, I started getting into like people look for other people to help them. Like you go on for these coaches and videos and stuff, but really I think everybody's different and you just got to find what works for you. Absolutely. Um, one big thing, and that's something I've, I've just recently learned is that um, humans were the only species that will punish ourselves more than one time for committing some sort of act that we feel bad for. 
no other species on the planet will ever do that. They, they deal with the consequence and then they move on with their life. But we continually beat ourselves up over the same things. And if we can stop that big habit, and I know that, like, I don't know if you had that going on in the background, um, like, like the self-sabotage with being a part of the isolating and like not allowing yourself to be happy. Is that a big part of that back there? Well, I know, I know, like, even relationships I was in, they would, you know, even, even recently, like, Mm -hmm. still like would hear like, Hey, you kind of self-sabotage this. The problem is, is like, at some point you have to, like, I, 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 I stayed very quiet, very, very withdrawn. I had two separate lives. You know, like I would go to the gym, I would be functional, I would have a good time, but then like I would go out, you know, I would drink my ass off on the weekends, party, whatever, and then like disappear for three weeks, you know, basically come just totally recluse. Not, you know, I'll text people, talk to people, act like everything was fine, but inside I was going nuts. And then, you know, I wasn't following a diet. I was eating like, I basically, I was, I was a reflection of my emotions and you know, like I was, I was, I probably was depressed, you know, like you leave, it's, it's weird when like, like for me, I got out and you guys went, a lot of the 161 guys went back and then like Oaks and all that, all those guys, Yeah. you know, and like, I wasn't really close, close with them, but like I knew them and then you start feeling like guilty that you weren't there. Not like I would have made a difference or anything with them, what their situations, but you're just like, you know, they leave, you go home and it's like, you, you know, just stuff like that. And then like you have what's happened before. Uh, I was home with, like that. with the, the Oaks, uh, you know, and, and Jarvis situation. And like, dude, it, it, it hit me. Same thing, dude. You're like, fuck, I'm here. I'm here. And they're fucking there. Want to know a little known fact about Oaks? Oh, go ahead. Oaks has a degree in fucking taxidermy, bro. What? Yes. When when he was getting promoted, he had turning his credits. He had a fucking degree in taxidermy, and I will never forget talking to him about that for like half an hour. That's fucking (laughs) like I just I just bullshitted with people so much that I just knew like dumb shit about a lot of a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. Can I? I I was the guy that wandered around and just talked to people, like people like I didn't have a fucking job to do. Well, I was going to say, I think you're the like, reason that I got, like, all my leave days back. Yes. I, I was like, I'm pretty sure that was Foster's doing. Like, yeah, I just did like, <laughs> like, I shouldn't have all this. Yeah, people, no, we, I took care of everybody. Well, I did. There's shit that will not make this podcast, but if you want to talk after, I'll tell you some stories. Yeah. We always had, we always had a good time. Yo, listen, man. Like, we, we took care of each other. That was That was probably what you miss the most like when you and to convert it to what other people maybe understand or don't like when you see like that quarterback retire or that NFL player and they're like what do you miss the most and you're like just being in the huddle with those guys yeah when you rolled out onto a mission like when we were all ready to go out and you just have those like 20 minutes of just shooting the shit and just talking dumb like there's if people heard the conversations we've ever had we would be, we'd be in, probably either in prison or a loony bin or something stupid. And like, we'll tell yep. stories today, probably like, you know, 
where you're just laughing at it hysterically. People are like, you were running through rockets and that's hilarious. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Or you can't stand, you, can, you have to stand two arms length away from people yeah. so you won't get hit in the nuts. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you yeah. remember the lengths people would go through. I remember watching Maynard crawl under a Humvee just to pop Norris in the nuts. And you're like, yep. well, that is fucking, imp-. you remember that, it was a pre-mission huddle. And we're like, well, that is fucking impressive. Yeah, yeah. Know, yeah, you're, you're running covert operations to, to slap somebody in the dick. You know what I mean? Like, like what are you in the fucking CIA, bro? We're trying to get a nutshell. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But yeah, like I, dude, I, I won't say his name, but like I remember going out. We we go out with Colin at fucking AKA Door of the Explorer, and fucking we come back and like the gunner in his Humvee fucking shit his pants because we couldn't get back fast enough. <laughs> We laugh, we laugh at shit like that, but it's like, it's like, people are like, dude, that's we were just a big fraternity with guns. Yes. That's all we fucking were. Like, we just loved each other. We didn't care. Like, you very rarely had a problem with anybody in your unit, unless you know. I mean, it was there was you live with people, so it got a little testy. But like, you knew every day everybody, had, and then like you come home, and it's like it's like a just this whole reality that you forgot about. Dude, and motherfuckers, well, you go, they can't be on time. <sighs> well, you go, you go from a, a, a point in your life where you're with a group of people all the time. You know all the small details about them. I mean, like you said, I mean, you're having small conversations that probably they haven't even had with their family. And people yeah. are really being themselves because at any moment, the realistic part is all of it, you know, at any moment we could have died. Taking a big- shit. You're always like, dude, I'm going to take a shit and a rocket's going to come through the yep. shit. Every, <laughs> yep. every time you're like, this there's, is gonna be there's good. nothing better than a guy taking a dump off the front of his Humvee and four other guys are like, guard him. him. Miller, yeah. Yeah. We're all just Miller. standing there just like, what, you know, like. Every uh, time. Hanging off a telephone pole down in the middle of bed and trying to take a <laughs> shit. Yeah. We think it's fucking hilarious. People are like, what, you shit in the street? We're like, yeah, bro. Yeah, like in front of with a crowd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And your buddies many are cheering Many your buddies are cheering you on. You know what I mean? And you're yelling at your friends. Fucking turn around and pull security. Fucking. Yeah. I knew it. Here. I knew it, Rook. You ate that chili mac, you bastard. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. There's just it's always it's always and then like I think what I found was is like you can't talk to anybody normal. Like, you can't tell these stories and, like, you actually want to laugh about them and then, like, have a good, like, ah, yeah, yeah. And then when they're, like, yeah, Susie today at work really pissed me off. She didn't fill the Xerox machine. And you're, like, come on, bro. Like, that's what the fuck you're worried about? Like, dude. And it, it, you just, I think what happens is, is, like, you can't turn that switch back and you don't relate to anybody, so you withdraw. And, that, or at least that's what I did. And then it just became, like, I could talk to people and put on a front and totally be fine with it. But like I like I said, I, I went to a CrossFit gym and I didn't speak to anybody for a fucking year other than good job. I'd leave, I'd go home, I'd go to work. But then I would like go out with my boys at the, you know, and like they didn't expect I didn't have to talk about anything. They didn't ask questions, they fucking knew. And I was like okay with it, but I wasn't I wasn't healing, I wasn't doing anything for myself. And I went to the gym and I took, you know, but I was I was getting overweight. I sent you the pic, you know, you saw like and that's that's not even at my worst. Like I have a picture of my my veterans ID. I look like a fat thumb, bro. Like it's bad. It's bad. So uh, it's it's yeah, just one of those things. The the thing is though, man, is a lot of people. This is something that a lot of people maybe they'll think about. Maybe they'll realize down the line. But 
you know, as, as a military, you know, if you're, you're in now or you're a veteran, we understand that like, you know, when you're out in the, in a combat zone, um, you are, you, you are, you are having a personality and laughing and enjoying each other's company in spite of death, literally sitting in the seat right next to you. Right. I mean, the old saying we used to say is, you know, every morning I wake up and we have breakfast. If we have breakfast, I'm asking death, you know, death to pass the salt. And here we are, here we are in these intense situations, but yet we can still find humor in it because you truly are enjoying the people around you because it could be the last moment you ever see them. You don't talk about it, but it's there. And and, and it's just part of who we are. and, And this is what we do. And then you get back here. To where, you know, and, and this is not kicking someone in the shin about it, you know, but you have someone back here, they're pissed off because they, they put real milk in their in their freaking coffee instead of soy yeah. milk. And you're just staring at them and you're like, you know, this is what you want to be pissed off about? I mean, I remember, you know, I, you know, I mean, this is, it's hard to relate sometimes. And on top of being in the military and which is what you were talking about as well is there's two types of military person, right? You have our professional side where when someone talks to us, we're very professional. We're very, you know, I mean, cookie cutter, like this is how we're supposed to be. And then you get around the boys on the back dock and we're, we're smoking and joking oh. and slapping each other in the balls. But that's, that's it. Is it, it, it's it literally, has taught us, well, it taught us to adapt yeah. to where we can walk out that door. And even though we're going through a lot, I can still act professional. I can mm-hmm. still, function at a professional level and people look at me and they're like well you know he's doing you know he that's just rook and all but really on the inside i'm i'm just having the worst day of my life duck on the water dude you look calm up there but your feet are yeah but that's what i think we get good at i do i think like we're good at being like reserve in a way like you're used to you eat like when you're even when you're like I remember going out outside the wire the first time like I'm I'm telling kids that I'm fucking Tom Cruise and like having a laugh and like people are like next to me like what the fuck are you doing I was like I'm telling them we're filming a movie bro we're like I, and like you know it did go on you know but then like we go on we do that first big huge mission and I'm out and Kelly gets shot who was my roommate yeah and like that's the first time I saw a fucking gunshot wound and all that stuff and then I remember that night like our Humvees pulling guard and like, I'm, I'm in a fucking zip, zipped up sleeping bag with a guy in the turret and in a fucking Iraqi with an AK 47, like 10 feet in front of me pulling guard for us. And then like, I just went to sleep. I was like, fuck it. Like, I don't care, but you can't like, people can't even relate to like, you know how fucking comfortable you have to be in those situations to just be like, well, the I know that guy's got me and he's not going to let that guy shoot me. And then, like, you're, you're literally, like, 10 feet away from some crazy bastard that you've never met before that doesn't speak your language. And then you got to, like, you know, come home and turn that off. Like, I think, I think what happened was is just over time, it erodes you, you know? Like, it takes you away from society. And then, like, you have to find, like, I had a moment where I got to a dark place. Things happened, whatever. Um, and then... I immediately just decided like that mental, okay, like I'm not, a, I'm not going to be a piece of shit. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to figure it out. And it's, it's always going to be a work in progress. I don't think I'll ever not have nightmares about certain things. You know, maybe we'll get into them, maybe we won't, but you know, I mean, like we were talking about prior was Bruce DeMaio, like with the rockets, like yeah. someone drops something. My heart <laughs> is like me immediately. I, I'm like sweating. I'm like, Oh fuck. But I don't show it. 
you know, so much. But there's times where, like, if I'm, like, daydreaming at work, something hits a ground, you know, it's just that's what it is. You just got to find a way to balance it, I think, or, like, a way to just, like, when that triggers to almost counteract it, like, okay, I know what that was. I'm good. Yeah, it's, it's a very important thing. It, it's called grounding yourself. You, the, mm-hmm. the first thing you need to do immediately once you're is to ground yourself. Like, all right, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting. Um, as weird as it, as weird as it sounds, um, uh, you know what? Cut that. I'm not going to get into that story. Uh, so um, living in Rustamaya, rockets, all that shit, dude. What even got you into the army in the first place? Okay, so... I basically was a fuck up, you know, I was, I, I partied, I hung out, I didn't really get a job. I was always doing dumb shit to get by. I got a job at the county. 9-11 did happen, obviously, in um, 2001. Um, and then I went to try to enlist. However, at that time, I had a tattoo. This is a cover up of it now. It was a smaller cross, but they wouldn't let me in. So like years went by, I just wasn't really doing, I didn't want to, I didn't want to die at a desk doing work, cyclical stuff. I was kind of, you know, you just kind of hop around. You don't really feel, you know, I didn't really fit in. I was still kind of like into playing sports, like unorganized. And I, I just was like the army, the army, the army. And then finally, you know, with Iraq in full swing and Afghanistan, they just kind of said, look, if you can meet this minimal qualification and the tattoo part was, if it was under the collar of the uniform, you were okay. I had a fat recruiter that had lost weight. So he had a big ass shirt. So he put it on me and they took a picture and the commander went, go ahead. And that's how I got in. And then, um, so it was just basically like really, I think it's just like most people, you, you, it, it, that's not like my grandpa served this, or, you know, there's those guys. And then I think there's people like, Hey, I don't really know what I want to do but I, I like being a part of a team and let me just try to figure this out. And that was kind of what drove me towards. Plus, you know, I'm from a place where in Troy, where Troy, New York, where it's, you know, a hundred thousand people, you're not, unless you're a small business owner, which is probably, you know, the top of the line where you're going to get in the city, you can move out and expand and stuff, but there's not a whole lot of opportunities to, really do anything exciting other you know you want to be a cop or something that's fine but you know i'm saying like i you know every everybody watches the movies thinks oh i want to do this and so i i joined up i i enlisted i um you know i did the whole little um pre-boot camp thing or whatever and then ended up at fort knox and blah 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 fort knox dude you know how you say one thing, you know, you said you watch the movies and you get the they get the like i could fucking do that it looks awesome yeah <laughs> What what sold me the literally the selling piece? There was this um, it's the same thing. We were like hot in the middle of the uh, right in the war, dude. Right as it kicks off, and uh, I saw a commercial of a sniper on an op, and it's like day eighteen. You only packed for two days. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right before he's about to take the shot of old dude, and it's like commercial. It's like U.S. Army. I was like, you know what? I could fucking do that, and then. Yeah. Yeah, you get on an OP, you start looking at shit, and you're like, "Well, this is fucking boring." Like, what the fuck? Dude, worst what the fucking fuck? marketing ever. <laughs> like, yo, haven't eaten in six weeks. You can fucking do this. And that, what do we do as guys? We're like, "Fuck we it, fucking, bro. Yeah, we can do this. Fucking eat." They don't show him like rolling <laughs> over the piss on his side in a bag and all that shit. Like, yeah, the fucking yeah, haven't eaten in six days, shitting in my pants, pissing on the ground next to me, laying in it. 
come come join. We're like, oh, that's us. You're gonna pay me to do that? Fuck! Yeah. I used to do that with my friends. Like, yeah, let's yeah. Do, let's do this for money. Now, don't forget when you do this shit in training, people are gonna chase you with gas, and it's gonna, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. gonna burn. <laughs> yeah, there's they don't. It's it's so. It's so funny how like they literally tell you like the worst aspect of it back then, and you'd be like, "Fucking sign me up." Sold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My life will suck for the next four years. I'm fucking in. Oh, and then you're gonna got it, got That's it. Fucking awesome. And call it. No, I don't want to call it a hundred bucks a month. I'm not paying for that shit. I took out of here. I'm so I happy I did so. I've never ever made an adult decision in my life before. I was like thirty, <laughs> and I did, and that like came up so much and has gotten me through so much. I should be a fucking doctor with all the school I fucking gone to, but Jesus Christ, I'll take I'll take anything. Put it in front. I'll take fucking Oaks's taxidermy fucking shit if you give it to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a fuck. I love uh, it. Yeah. So that's yeah. That that kind of is what drove me in. And then, um, like, you remember? I don't know if like you guys remember, but like, I know for me, like the first time I went into the mill, like you know how you're kind of like always in like little trainings, and then like we went to Fort Knox and did like a big. I was like, holy shit, I'm like in the fucking army. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Well, shit, you were like, wow, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. And I remember that. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. And then, yeah, the big military movements. Yeah, you just kind of like got, you know, like it was like, oh, okay. Like we're driving through places and, you know, helicopters you're calling and stuff. I was like, oh, okay, like this is actually real. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> when, when did you yeah. get to – so we were in Fort Campbell, 101st Airborne, 506-161. I know that's a whole lot of numbers. I just fucking threw the alphabet and the fucking numerical system at you. When, when did you get there? I So I got into um, – I stepped in shit again. But, like, I, I, I got lucky when I got out of AIT. I got, like, right in that Christmas window – and but they gave me the two weeks of fucking home recruiting first, so I was home for like a goddamn month, bro. <laughs> and the first sergeant of replacement, his wife worked for my mom in Troy, New York. Like that's how fucking small the world is. Yeah, the fuck? She told him like, "Hey, he's gonna stay home." And he was like, "Okay." And then he picked me the fuck up at the bus station and drove me back. And I think it was like January third. I arrived at replacement, and maybe like three weeks later, I was getting screamed at by first Sergeant Arnold for being a piece of <laughs> But it, it, it's Story like, checks out. I wrote more fucking essays for that guy. But yeah, so I, um, yeah, because I just never would wear eye problem. Even like, and he just made me write 1500 word essays on site. It was horrible. But anyway, um, yeah, no, so I got there and I, I don't really, I don't really remember how many people were there, but it was, we were still kind of coming along. Like, I, I, when did you guys get there? You guys there before me? For very first. Uh, we got there the when, when... You were the last guy? I showed up two months before we deployed. That was a sick unit, though. Yeah, I mean, I, but, it, but that looks like... If that, anybody who's listening right now, you hear how we're all talking. Imagine the first day you show up to your job. That's, that's the, this is the conversation stuff you walk yeah. into the office. You know, like, 
Like you walk in and you're trying to be like, you're fresh out of basic. You're trying to like, you know, not be a dipshit. And all of a sudden you walk in, they're like, who's this fucking guy? And you're like, uh, <laughs> oh. hey, send the new guy over are. to Charlie so he gets fucking yelled at. Yeah, yeah. Angry <laughs> Bob Lily will fucking, fucking Lily out there screaming at people. He's like, you know what? I'm all in. Fucking every <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, Angry Bob over there. Dude, that's. He's like, I'll put a fucking private in there with a ball gag in his mouth and scream at him all day. I don't <laughs> yeah, give a yeah. shit. And you're like, yeah, that's that's how the fuck that that is that is exactly it is the worst welcoming to any profession you will ever have in your life. I used to love. I would go get privates for the medics and Myers would ask him the nine line medevac upon walking the fuck in, they wouldn't know it. And they, he made him hold, he'd be like, get the rock. And there's a big black rock and it had the nine line on it. And I'd come back like an hour later, the kid be sweating. I'd be laughing, me and Lloyd be fucking rolling. He'd just be like, oh, no. and he like couldn't say the nine line right in front of him. It, Myers just had him so scared. So I used flying pilots in day, just fucking get abused. Not like, and, and, and then like, that was it. It wasn't like in a bad way. It was like you needed to know what the fuck was going on. Like, and I, I, I distinctly remember, like, you know, Sevier, right? Did you, you guys know Josh Sevier? That was my dude. He used to call me Big Oso, the Big Bear. We used to go to the gym. He was my gym buddy in the mornings. He was so good at PT that, like, he went, he fucked up one day and, like, they made him write, like, a letter, I think, to, like, somebody's wife about why he got him killed. It was like that kind of twisted shit. Like they just knew he liked to work out. So like, I forget, he was in, he was a, it wasn't Breen. It was somebody else in, he was like an airborne ranger dude from, he was in S3, but he like, or something like that. And he was telling us, he was like, yeah, you guys, he doesn't care if I fucking put him through physical stress. He's like, I can smoke him all day. He doesn't care. He's like, but I made him write a letter to like, I forget who the other guy, it was, he drove, one of them drove the Sergeant Major actually, and then the other one drove Winsky, General Winsky, pardon me. And then um, he, like, whoever, the other guy, he ended up, he was from Bravo. They pulled him. It was the other, the other guy with Sevier. They pulled Balaban. Balaban or something like, so he had, like, fuck, you know, something stupid. I, I, I don't know if it actually happened or if he said he was going to do it, but I remember something like that. And that's, like, that's how the Army works, man. They'll just find a way to get it to it, head. And my first, My first day. Like, I remember getting, like, we got, you know, we're at reception, we get picked up, we get, we get sent to the unit. Like, it was me and, like, you know, five other guys. Um, what was that, Perez? And, you know, Stanton. yeah, Perez, Stanton, um, the one Stanton. guy who, who ran in the middle of the changing of command ceremony with the Detroit Lions jersey on. I don't know if you remember that. What the fuck um, was that? What you was guys that? don't remember? Oh, dude. Oh, what was his name? Wait, hey, probably, is he still alive? Uh, no, <laughs> I, I will never forget. Cause when we showed up, we were in the greens and had spit shine boots and you guys all went to the digitals. So we stuck out like a oh. sword, bro. We were a sword and he took, I guess we got there and we got like four day leave and he took a bus and then he went AWOL and we had a, yeah. And there was a change of command ceremony. And I mean, you know, the, the horses. Was he, on, on the, he was from, I, was he from Charlie? He was no, he was in. Uh, he there was, was a dude that Broadway. went AWOL like for like four months or nine months and came back before we deployed. Oh and no, this this dude showed up. This this dude showed up like two days after being AWOL, a, and we were all in formation, 
and they were literally passing the guide on over and you just see this car pull up alongside the field and he gets out and someone throws him his uniform. He's carrying his uniform. He's in a Detroit. I'll never forget. He was in a Barry Sanders Detroit Lions jersey. Barry and Sanders he, out of all. I love it. And he run. He ran. He didn't do run I... to the back of the formation. He ran in front of the formation during the changing of command. And I'm was trying. Changing? It wasn't wet. It wasn't was changing Hill. command. It wasn't like a brigade one. No, no. It was. Uh, all right. We, no, 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 no. And, uh, How did I not hear about this? I talked to everybody. I should have heard this one. Oh, dude, this was – I mean, this was bad because all, all of 161 was in front of us, and they made all the new guys Jeez. like me. We were just sitting at the barracks guarding the doors so no one could come out. And he runs out, dude. What was his name? West Hill or something like that. What? I don't know. Anyway, this dude runs out in front of the troop, man. And with fucking I, goes full Barry Sanders. Never go yes, full Sanders. With his holding his uniform <laughs> in front of him. And I just remember somebody screamed his name. And it was dead silent. And you just heard his name get screamed over the whole formation. And then he just like ran through the formation towards the back. Dude, he got smoked for literally like two days. Like for two yeah. days. He I, was I just don't even know. I don't know how the fuck I never heard that. Dude, and I didn't know about that. Like that's, I love that I'm still finding things out because I, if I was there, I would have fucking heard it. Oh, dude, Sergeant Phillips was probably putting up a fucking basex tent in the middle of fucking Fort Campbell somewhere. We fuck up. We got, we got pulled. Dude, we got pulled into the barracks, and we're all standing there at attention. And this dude's getting killed, and and Sergeant Phillips walked up to us and just started reaming us, dude. And he's like, who? And I'm like, we're all going to die. This guy literally, <laughs> I'm going to die. And this, this dickhead signature is going to be on my death How warrant. How long have you been at the unit at that point? Uh, probably a week. Oh, oh, that's glorious. <laughs> yeah. That's just so good. It was, it was my worst nightmare, dude. Yeah. And I'm just like, I ain't going to make it, man. I ain't going to make it. I'm either going to get killed because this guy or, or someone's just going to take me out because I'm walking around in these greens and they're going to like, they're going to be like, you know what? No, I saw the last guy wearing greens around here. We're just going to kill him and throw him somewhere, you know? Dude, I went to a board one time in fucking greens that weren't mine that didn't fit me. I forget whose they were. That when you saw me, Drew? Yeah, dude, your chest was too big and your Yo, I was. Like, oh, they literally were like, who? They're like, who's? Class A uniforms are using. It was like, uh, it was some first class Taylor who was cool as fuck. Oh, and yeah, I love him. I, I can't, maybe it was Tillotson and somebody else, but it was like Huber, maybe. I don't know. But it was like, they were just like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, look, dude, I thought the guy was the same size as me. I'm not going to lie to you. These aren't mine. I was like, uh, I was like, mine were so fucked up that I just didn't want to wear them. And then, like, they were, yeah, it was, it was, it, it ended up, I ended up being good, good friends with uh, Sarfers Class Taylor, ended up being our mortarman out in Afghanistan. Dude, that, I fucking love him. Hilarious. Oh, yeah. One of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Out the chat hole one day, he's like, yo, you guys ever heard of space docking? And I'm like, no. And he's like, when two gay guys take their fucking dicks and they're not, so, and I'm like, why did you, and he goes, I was just thinking about eggs or some shit like that. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here, bro? I got to live with you? It's just hilarious shit. Like, I miss that guy. He's in, like, Alaska. Uh, I think he's back in Arizona now. Is he? That's that's a transformation. 
So, but yeah. So, so anyway, that's the kind of shit that fucking happened. I, I'm mad about that Barry Sanders story. That would have made my weekend. I, dude, I'm. I, just I, like, no, I can do anything I want and it won't be that bad. Oh, dude, I literally, I literally remember him running to the front of the formation, his name being screamed over yeah, the entire right. thing. And then everybody turned around and looked at all the, the six of us that were wearing green. And I just remember, I just saw, I mean, everyone's attention was on us. And I'm like, we're going to die. This is where yeah, I got. Well, they fucking, yeah. I don't, I, I never heard of that. I don't know any other like fucked up stories about changing commands. I met, you know, people fall out or whatever, but yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, that's, that was bad, man. Army life folks. That, yeah, that's, that's happens on like a daily basis. You deal with some of the most dumb, but some of the smartest people. It's just, yep. it's such an eclectic bunch that you really, you leave wondering how humanity survives some days. And then some days you're like, how is that guy not working for fucking NASA? You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? So it all depends on what, you know, you get all walks of life, man. Yeah. And you know that, I mean, and now, I mean, that was, <laughs> but that's, that's the struggle, right? I mean, we have all these great stories and hilarious things that happen and all the different people you're around from all over the world, all different types of things mm-hmm. that they bring to your day. And then you get out and then there's this gigantic void right? There's this, this huge void of like, you know, and, and I think that what you said earlier about a chapter ending, there's, or like one of your favorite show, it ends, and you're just like, there's never going to be another one of these. I'm never going to have this again. This is, it's over. I'll, you I'll from here on out, yeah, from here on out, everything's a memory, right? Yeah, and now yeah I, I mean, I, I think about how many times we just tried to recall somebody's name, yeah. and like, you just can't even, you know, like, and it sucks, but it's like, I, you know, it's even like this, like, I, like I'm caught up with you. Like I was talking, I was talking to somebody before I was like, it's going to be therapeutic. Like it's be, it's good to talk. You just end up with like, you ha- you finally feel relief. Like somebody gets what I'm saying. It's like, it would literally be like speaking Spanish, probably I would assume and not understanding English in America. And, but you know, living farther away from, you know, only a certain amount of people spoke Spanish, not like a vast majority, but like, a, a, you know, and then you want to communicate with these people, but you really can't. So you end up almost, you, you know, what would you do? You kind of withdraw to what you know, and you keep it all, you know, you, you're stuck with your thoughts. And I think, you know, what, what I did was, is I just kind of went, okay, like, I'm going to use this as motivation, use this as like, you know, maybe some of the anger, some of the, the, the stress or whatever. And then like, so like, even to, you know, to this day, like when I go to a workout, I'll talk to people, but like, I immediately ramp up, you know, I try to get to a point where it's like, okay, I'm going to push through. And then like, you know, if I feel myself fading a little bit, I get like today, I had a moment in the workout where I started to fade and I was like, yo, fuck this. Like, come on, bro. You're better than this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then all bring all that feeling up. And then next thing you know, you're pushing through and then, you know, I finished strong and that's what matters. And then I look at it as little battles throughout the day versus just, you know, trying to make it through like, Oh God, it's Monday. Like, fuck man, I gotta, you know, Oh, I gotta make it to lunch. Like, no, it's like, dude, I've been up since four thirty. I already hit the workout. I already crushed that. I'm already at all these people. Fuck these people. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't end. Yeah. With that work, I'm like, let me help you. I got you. Let's go. Let's go. And I keep that momentum throughout the day. 
And then, you know, at like nine o'clock, I just kind of, I, I read a little bit. I kind of downshift and I think about tomorrow. Like I, when I was talking to uh, Young before you got on, I was looking at tomorrow's workout already. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this in my mind? Like, I just kind of let that, that kind of fuels me, you know? But I also don't want to get to a point where I identify with it so much that if something did happen and it went away, an injury or, you know, whatever, that like, I can't function, you know? So it's like, I do keep that in the back of my head. Like, Hey, this isn't, this isn't all you are. This isn't all you do, you know? And, and I think also, you know, you have to have an outlet still, like I can work out and blow off steam, but there is, you need to like have somebody that you can talk to, or like at least be attempting to like still get, a, you know, get your sleep better, get your, you know, I have less nightmares than I do. I did, you know, eight months ago, nine months ago, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, and I know, I know there's guys, I, I, you know, I've talked to people, I obviously won't say the names, but I know they had way worse experiences sometimes. And they're like, you know, they're fighting the fight. And then, you know, you can, it, but being there, like, like what you're trying to do right now and trying to, I just tell them what I do and then, you know, hope they try to adapt their own little on it and push through. But you, you do a lot of, you know, Foster, you do a lot of, you attack this from several angles. And, you know, a lot of guys, like, like you were saying, I just don't want to have one identity with this. Like I'm working mm -hmm. out, I'm, I'm really pumping. And what happens if I, you know, I, I get a bad knee or I get a bad elbow and I can't really touch the weights for two weeks. And what does that mean now? We were talking before and you were talking about how you, you make sure that you're like, hey, I, I'm going to read 20 pages of something mm -hmm. today that I have not read before or whatever that's mm -hmm. going to shift my focus. So you're not only working on the physical edge, you're also working on the mental edge as well. So, I mean, you know, you, you're always trying to find different avenues of always staying busy and always redefining yourself pretty much every day. I mean, you're already ready to redefine your day the next day. I mean, at that night, you're, you've read your 20 pages, you've already planned your workout and, and what the redefinition of who Matt Foster is going to be tomorrow. Um, don't forget that when you consider, and we're going to talk about this with Lloyd next week, we're, we're very much about to hit a flow where we're talking a, pro, a lot of combat scenarios. And, and, mm. and when you consider it, we've, our form of combat that we went through was different than any form that's ever been fought in history. Um, had we, had we been engaged in any combat like the ones that we were in, in any form previous to nine 11, none of us would be here anymore just mm -hmm. because of the up armor, um, the capabilities, um, yeah. without up armor, Rook and I would have been, wouldn't be here. Yeah, I know that's, you wouldn't be yeah. here. Um, now, so we've been, and not to mention, we were programmed and framed to where essentially there was absolutely no, like, not like Vietnam where it's like, okay, you got LZ X-ray. We know that like, once we're dropping you off, you know, you're going to be facing, you know, immediate combat here. This is what they're facing. But they had that window, like we constantly were moving targets for years. And then you always had to wait for the ambush in order to do anything at all ever. Um, so we've been playing the game of mental chess for a long time, I think without realizing it. And now us figuring out the mental health aspect, I think that's kind of a portion of that chess game where it's like, okay, you, you've been, you, I think the way you process uh, 
the way that you force yourself to, to, to ground yourself when you're going through times like where you're having, say, having a flashback. Um, even my very worst flashback, I, I, I could say I grounded myself immediately, but it took me over an hour of fucking crying in a car to get over it. Um, it's, it's fucked and it's weird, but you're attacking it, bro. And you're attacking it in the brain first. And it seems like all of us had to have, before we were able to get the physical aspect and the mental aspect, it took that come to Jesus moment of where am I in life? Where did I think I was going to be? Where am I honestly? Where the fuck am I? Yeah. I, I think like way with, so I know like when I came home from Iraq I, I didn't, you know, I mean, we, it, we had, I think we also had two separate entities. We had outside the wire and we had inside the wire, inside the wire, the bombardment of just incoming fire constantly, yeah. mass amounts of rounds was like, and then like, you know, I know you guys had the similar experience. I had it with Johnson. Um, you know, you just come out of the chow hall, it goes off and you know you're running and instead of like stopping and like taking cover like you end up running through this shit and then you're like you know I just whatever happened and tripped me up that night like just was never the same I remember like people would laugh but like I would get out I would I would get out of like a debrief or something from coming back with the TAC unit and like I would know it was like dinner time and that was like fucking D-Day type deal with them and I would just run to my fucking barracks. I would just fucking run, run to my fucking barracks, get inside, and then I'd be okay. But I got to a point like, cause I, especially towards when I was gonna see my, my daughter for the first time, I was like, I'm not fucking getting hit. Now, when I came back, I was like a little more lax cause I had gone home and like settled. But like, I remember, you know, like that shit just stayed with me. And in Afghanistan, I was in a bunker with uh, this uh, Jeremy and, uh, fucking somebody else but i remember literally they even fucking knew they were like foster i know you hate this shit just hang tight for a sec buddy i was like i don't fucking i was like i just fucking hate that we can't see them so we can do something about it like what the fuck and it used to drive me nuts and like you know in afghanistan i don't know how you guys were living but we were in fucking basically cardboard fucking pots with a tin roof that shined so it wasn't like they didn't know where we were you know and it was like you so like through rustamaya was you know, you, you would hear the fucking mortar, boop, 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 and then you hear the katusha. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then yep. you were just like, here they all fucking come. And, and how the, like, I remember I'm talking to Arnold, literally talking to Captain Arnold, and he's like, yo, bro, I think my fucking room just got hit, dude. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I was like, yo, the yep. mortar just landed in your air conditioner, dude. That that's the that's the attack that's that was the one that Rook and I we had our our little run through. Um, we got to come yeah. up with some kind of some kind of marathon name for that. The, the, yeah, bro. The Rustamaya Mile or something. <laughs> yes. The Rustamaya. Yes, we should make fucking t-shirts. The Rust. Yeah, the Rustamaya. I survived the Rustamaya Mile. Yup. Yeah, let's do it. I'll, I'll design the t-shirt. But like, it, yeah, we'll do it like a little dude running with like fucking. Yeah, fucking rocket. Fucking acne rocket. Fucking yeah. Yeah, dude, that was that, that, so that like that caused a lot of problems. Then like, you know, I, and I think I was kind of like, you know, after I went out of the wire, like I said, I like when I started driving around on the tag team, 
you know, I'm carrying like an M14 rifle. I'm kind of, you know, all souped up, whatever. Wait, were you, were you uh, M14? Were you, oh my God. So did you go to all those KD ranges with us? No, so I, so God bless. And I hope he listens to this one day. Sergeant Delay, you're a fucking legend. Anthony Barnes, you're a fuck. Like, I Anthony Barnes? Is that they're like, they had fucked off all day and done their thing and they'd have to like fucking help me out. They'd be like, they'd be all over there like, all right, raise the fucking target for Foster. I'd get them laughing and they'd be cool. With it. <laughs> so like, they didn't give a shit, but they'd be like, they, they were like, I'd show up like, you know, fucking, hey guys, what's up? And they'd be like, oh, here we go. And then like, Barnsey was always fucking cool as shit. Barnes was huge for us in Afghanistan. I, yeah, see, now I didn't, I kind of like talked to him in Iraq. And then, like, after I got out, I would have like some conversations with him, like, via, um, like, Messenger. Yeah. Just shoot the shit. Like, I'd be like, oh, what's up, buddy? Where are you? And he'd be like, he'd be like, why are you up, man? I'm like, I can't fucking sleep. You know, and just shoot the shit with him. He was always a good dude. That guy, that's the kind of guy, like, you run through a fucking wall for. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. just a fucking leader, bro. He t- I don't want to, well, he did it, man. He I did can't it. remember who it was, but I'll tell this story because it's funny. Barnsley was, somebody was saying something about like his wife wouldn't fuck him. And Barnsley was like, hey man, just fucking jerk off on her fucking pillow and she can roll over in it if she don't want to fuck or something like that. And like, I just remember literally just sitting there like, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> he used to tell Ranger story. He was always good. Like he was, he's a fucking funny guy. Yeah, I used to like being around him. Like he just had some good shit to say. He was redneck as fuck. He was a good dude. But yeah, and you knew if shit was going down. It's like fucking. He knew what the fuck was about. He was like, all right, man, we got this. Like, it's yeah, crazy. yeah. He was like, just straight he, fucking. You always yeah. felt safe around the dude. Yeah, he just he just knew his shit. You knew he would take care of you. He was he was a he was definitely a fucking NCO of the men. Like I. Yeah. I've ever encountered said a bad word about that guy. And that's that's hard to do in the military. When yeah. you people, Huber was kind of like that. I don't know if you guys like him, but I never heard anybody really say anything bad about him. He was, he was like, ambitious, cool. dude. He was dude, like, I want, he like, he was, I, did you see his fucking room? Like the guy, yeah. like fucking bunk bed set, like desk and shit. It was like Ikea in that motherfucker, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I go, what are you doing? He's got like fucking antlers. I'm like, what are like, you doing? Rangers lead the way, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's fucking, he was crazy, but yeah. yeah, yeah so like, Rusamaya, awesome, so like when I came home, like, so Lloyd and I, Lloyd and I got hit on Route Corn. It was a massive fucking explosion. Well, even with the up armor thing that we even fucking survived was they put it in fucking backwards. Yep. Like my fucking nods blew off my helmet. The fucking 50 cal blew off the truck, which is very hard to do. And my door was combat locked, blew open, blew my weapon out the fucking door, uh, blew the window in. Lloyd, who you guys will have the fucking awesome time talking to, um, and I've recently caught back up. I took the fucking window in the head, and mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a picture of it. I can send it to you guys after if you want. Where he's just sitting there, his fucking eyes bleeding. But yeah, yeah. dude, I we did this. We did the evac. So yeah, I got, yeah. I got to carry his big ass. And then Rook got to drive him back. Yo, so here's here. Okay, I wrote a paper on this. So we get hit. I like we lost. I lost like 15, 10, 15 seconds of it. But like I remember like pressing the gas, and I remember pulling the door closed because I'm like, "Fuck, man! If there's a secondary device, we action at this point." Henry's unconscious in the gun, and the first thing I remember is like they teach you to kind of like you got to grab your gunner. And I know corn, like, I don't, God knows how the fuck I remember all this shit, but like, 
corn is, you know, you roll off, you're fucked. It's just yep. it's eight, ten foot down, straight down. So Mangus, Carr. He's got Henry. He's yelling at Yeah, Lloyd's fucking screaming at me we're on fire. But, like, I can't see anything because all the fucking dust, so it's just chaos. So I finally get us, like, through the thing. We get out. I go to work on Lloyd. Lloyd gives me fucking John Rambo, the J.J. Rambo special knife, and he's like, I'm like, bro, you're fucking bleeding. Like, it's bad. Like, your right arm is fucked up. Mm -hmm. man, cut off his sleeve, he means. I go to cut Myers, I think, or somebody. I can't. But Lloyd, Lloyd was looking at me. I'm fucking shaking because I'm like, dude, this fucking guy's arm's going to be fucked up. And I'm like, so I cut him out. I cut the sleeve open. I fucking bandaged his arm so tight that they almost fucking had to like take off the bandage and redo it. I was so, because I love the guy. Like, I love that guy. I was like, I wanted nothing to happen to him. And, you know, I took care of him the best I could. Meanwhile, so like you guys evac, right? Everybody's starting to evac. We're picking up shit. They're fighting. The Brewers coming back with the 50 cal. And they got my weapon off the fucking side of the road, too. Everybody's laughing at me. And I'm like, what the fuck? And they're like, don't worry. What had happened was the dust had blown my teeth black. So, like, I'm back there already cracking jokes, having a good time. But everybody's just laughing at me because I look like I have no fucking teeth. And they're trying to figure out how I got a scratch on me or nothing or any of this. But what happened was the Humvee front end had, like, fucking blown off, except, like, the wheels. Like, Foster, you got to hop in. And drop, you got to guide the Humvee back. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I get in, I rip my pants, and I wasn't wearing any spandex or underwear. So my pants, I got to go debrief with a Major Davenport. I am st- I swear to God to this day, I'm talking to Major Davenport with my dick and balls flat out. Flat out, telling him what happened. As I leave, he's like, hey, Foster, man, go put some fucking pants on, bro. And I'm just like, I got you, bro. I got you. It became cool after that. You couldn't wait till I was done. You couldn't yeah. let me go no, chill. Well, you, know, you know what? You want to know what fucking happened? I'll tell. Like, so I threw my pants out. Mm. Or you had your battle roster number written in them. Yeah. I'm full circle. A fucking month later, they do a raid up in New Baghdad. My fucking pants are up there. And they got me on a storyboard. Luckily, they fucking S2 caught it and took it off. But I was going to be on like a fucking, like, hey, we found, they found nods. They found all types of shit. Because that kid from like, I don't want to say the unit, but it had lost a pair of nods and they fucking abused him. Like he killed himself or something. Remember like, uh, captain, um, block his name, the blonde guy, like found him in the bathroom or something. But yeah, they were like, um, I remember they, when they found that horde, like it was like a horde of like military stuff. Like all yeah, of my fucking pants nod. were up there, bro. My fucking pants got taken. There, there was no prod. So I was like, fuck it. You're supposed to burn them. But they, you know how, like you got blown up. They were like, you got to go back out. You know, like they would drive you right back out by where it happened. But they ended up, we ended up not going out, but I just threw them because I was in a fucking hurry. And they ended up like a month later in a fucking raid in like New Baghdad or some shit. See, and that's, that's something a lot of people don't, and I, I mean, I, now that I, I'm thinking about it, but you know, you literally just got hit by an IED. And if, for people who don't know what we're talking about, Route Corn was a route in Iraq. And it was a steep road, and there was like a drop off on either side of it, like an eight foot drop off on either side of it. And so they would put IEDs up underneath the road, and there was nowhere for our trucks to go. Uh, if you went off the side of the road, you'd probably flip it. And so you, you know, getting back to your IED, you you get you get hit, your trucks your trucks destroyed, you got dirt in your mouth, you're covered in dirt, you're bleeding, you're you got buddies bleeding, and you just go through a huge traumatic event. 
everyone's laughing. Yeah, because we were, we were just laughing. Like, well, you Lloyd was okay, and Henry and woken up. So yeah, no, no. I mean, like we're not laughing during, yeah. but like that's the thing is, is is every everyone gets triaged, everyone gets taken care of, and everyone starts getting that that holy shit. We just made it through it. Yeah, and yeah. Here you are, and they're like, "Hey, dude, I know you just got blown up in this truck, but you got to get back in it, mm. so we can so we can tow it back to the base." You're literally yeah. sitting in something that should have been your coffin. You are you yeah. escaped your coffin and was, you got back in it to drive it home. It was fucking eerie, bro, cuz not only that, but I'm going backwards because I got and I got to steer the fucking wheel because they, they ratchet strapped the shit back. The reason I tore my pants was I had to go through the turret. Mm-hmm. So I think I had I would have just evaporated, but Dude, you and you're the only one in there. Yeah, it was just fucked up. There was I don't think there was anything in the like they had taken everything out. The only reason, so the fucked up, the weird part of it, I guess, for me is, is like Lloyd had just gotten back from leave. Saucerman was supposed to be in the front seat, and he was so, Lloyd was so big that we had to take a screw out of the fucking seat so he could fit in the home bay. Mm-hmm. Saucerman would have sat there, that window would have fucking just killed me. So Lloyd inadvertently being there saved my life, even though he, they claim like I saved theirs because what? Like him actually taking that window in a fucked up world, he saved my life. Dude, uh, Lucky, Lucky saved my life by just lit- so um, <laughs> we were doing. We were. It was I, I got. Who was it? Was me, Hinderlighter, uh, Mainer, Lucky, and I think that was it. We were coming off of uh, what was the south of Salmon Park? What route? Croc. Gator. Croc. Yeah, crack, crack. We got hit. What happened was this kid comes out up from an embankment, point looks at me, points at the bottom of his foot. I'm the gunner, so I pop out, give him the finger, and Lucky's like, "Hey, sit down, dumbass!" And I'm like, "Oh shit, okay." And like the second my butt hits the sling, just boom, and I'm like, "Oh, that <laughs> that fucking kid would have killed me if if fucking Lucky hadn't told my ass to sit down." Dude, it's just dumb luck, and like it's funny, right? Like you laugh, you're like, "Oh shit, you're on the radio." Yeah, the the point was afterwards, we all took a breath, and we're like, "That was fucking awesome." <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Is, is that when that is that when that tire got blown out and we had to fix we had to change the tire? Because because I, oh, you're you're on mute, brother. You're on mute. You're on mute. Yep. My tires, my Mark 19, my 249. Oh, oh god, fucking. Well, it, the funny. I just remember like we got hit by an IED, and it blew one of the tires, and the jack on the back of the truck wasn't working because it got jacked up or something from from the bomb, and. I came over with the impact and, and I just remember like, this is, this is just so how normal this shit was is it's, we're, we're trying to fix a tire in a combat zone and Sergeant Lucky is like, I swear to God, when we get back to the base, I'm going to smoke all you motherfuckers. Like he was just, he was pissed because nothing was working right. And he was just looking at a, but you know, and I mean, you know, that's, that is him. That, that is classic. Like, you would think everyone would be like, oh, and like super supportive. No, there's Sergeant Lucky being like, 
Y'all can't even change a damn tire. Y'all gotta, I'm gonna smoke your asses when we get back. You know? Dude, one person lost a set of nods in the entire platoon. We sat out for 12 hours in the hallway. Yeah, that's And he's like, tying, this dude had us tying for 12 hours, end of line, bowl line, for 12 yep. hours. And he's like, y'all can tie any knot in the world, anything, as long as it's an end of line, bowl line. Guess what? You're gonna do it. I'm gonna inspect it. It's gonna be right. I'm gonna cut it off. You're gonna do it again. And you're like, again. Fucking. Damn, got mission after this yeah dude that's dude I, there's there's all types of weird shit that went on like you just you, but i guess like what what ended up happening was like I, just to full circle this like when i came home i had like i had a land rover and stuff and like i would drive under bridges diagonally i would i would i, I you know just just all the shit you were taught and i remember like I would, you know, I, like I said, I, I dug a foxhole in my mother's lawn in my sleep. Like I was out of like my mind, but like you, you laugh about it. And, and, and this kind of ties in with this is like, you go home, like you go back to base after leave or whatever. And then you're sitting there shooting the shit like, yo, you know what? I, and it's hilarious. Like you don't think there's anything wrong with it. And that's the other thing is like the laughter and all that shit kind of mess it because you think it's normal. And then you come back here and it's like, you're just you're fucked up and you know, like, yeah, you can exercise or yeah, you can, you know, read or you can do whatever you want. But if you're not like prepared to like accept some shit's wrong, you're just going to stay idle and, and, in some kind of PTSD purgatory. Yeah. Don't you, you just kind of like, you're just kind of treading water and, and literally on the precipice of drowning every day. I mean, we know, I know what I, I'm assuming you guys are friends with, with, um, so I don't want to say his name because his family, but like, you know, he, he tragically took it. Like there's people that didn't seek help. And I, I, that's why, like, I'm glad that you guys are doing this because, you know, so many people need to hear stories. Like I'm not just like mine is just one, but there's a lot of other people that have way worse, you know? And I think that, um, you know, like when I came home, I didn't know anything was wrong. People love to tell you something's wrong. They love to tell you go to the VA. They love to tell you, but no one tells you like, they're just like, take this pill. Take, they gave me sertraline because I was having massive panic attacks that I like couldn't even go off my couch. And then, you know, like it was cool. It helped, but it changed me. And I would lived in a box. I wasn't like I, I am right now. I'm not like hype. I wasn't, but I wasn't sad. I was just like, okay, there's the door. Let's go. The door. Let's just go outside. Let's just... And you become just kind of a zombie, mm -hmm. you know? And then I think, you know, my thing is, is I got lucky. I got, I had a situation and it put me in touch with people that I normally wouldn't have sought out. And that helped me a lot into what I'm doing now too. Well, you know, Drew, and I, I mean, we're gonna, I, I know we're trying to tell your story here, but you know, Drew brought up a good point about Iraq, you know, that was a different type of war where we were, fighting an invisible enemy it was all it was ieds and ambushes there was no there was you know i mean afghanistan i heard some of the stuff you know guys you're going toe to toe with people iraq mm. wasn't really like that you were you were waiting for on the ambush you were waiting on the ied to go off and then react and so we fought an entire war fighting pretty much you know in quotations an invisible enemy right and then you come back home and you and it's a continuation of that you're fighting another invisible enemy which is your thoughts survivor's guilt how we cope with with things through mm. drugs alcohol 
you know, all the things that we do yeah. to try to cope. Life seeming fucking Life. boring, understanding like shit. Yeah, I get to do that cool that's, stuff again. So that's it right there. It's like what you just said combined. Like I was already, I'm already a hyper fuck, and I want to go 100 miles an hour. And the army gave me a way to go 100 miles an hour. And then when I came home, you know, I could I could contain it for two, three weeks, but at the fourth week or the third or fourth week, I needed to let loose. So I went drugs, I went alcohol, and then. You know, like life doesn't, if you don't have an engaging job or something you love to do where like it requires a lot of thought and time, like, and you just kind of can go through the motions, like you end up, it just builds, you know, like you can suppress it a little bit, but I mean, that's what I did. I just went out like a fucking rock star, bro. And, you know, in the course of that, just didn't, didn't really take care of myself. Like I, I told you guys, like I was living two separate lives. I go to the gym, I'd hang out with those people and act you know, yeah, have a couple of drinks, but then like the minute I felt that fucking animal coming up, like Johnson used to call it my middle name Rollins. I turned into Rollins. Boom. <sighs> home. I mean, you know, I party in my balls off, having a good time and would just totally, you know, I'd go out at like fucking noon, start drinking. And then by fucking four in the morning, I'm going, where are we going? You know, bars are closed. What, whose house? Uh, my house. Okay, let's roll. And then just keep it going. Sun's up. And then, you know, you crash and you're depressed and you're like fuck i'm watching this you wake up you wake up and your fucking lips are stuck to your gums because you're so dehydrated it's fucking horrible oh and you do and you're just like i remember like some watching so many suns come up and you're like everyone's out everyone's sleeping the song is making me so sad people are at the beach and you're sleeping off a fucking two-day bender yep yeah, and then like finally, you're just yeah. Everybody right now that knows this has that sick feeling in their stomach, and I applaud you for knowing that you were wrong. <laughs> like, and you but, know, someone's in the other room sleeping, and someone's yeah. oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, or you get that text like, "Yo, we're heading to the beach," and you're like, "Oh, nope." You just, I, I probably missed out on so many dumb good times that just because I was just out of my mind. Yeah, and and now. You know, the trade-off was, like, I had to do it in increments. You know, you have to get, like, okay, I'm going to talk to people and let so-and-so vent to me, even though I may or may not agree with what they're saying. Or, you know, you have, to, you have to sometimes say, okay, it's not important to you, but it's important to them, so I'll listen. That's huge. And that's, yeah, that's kind of what it is. But, like, at the same time, I do find myself, like, okay, this is the third day in a row. Like, calm the fuck down. Like, we got it. You know what I mean? Like, you're... <laughs> Like you're fucking nail chipped. We're going to be fine. You know? <laughs> well, Foster, I mean, you know, we were, when we were talking in the pre-meeting on this stuff, I, I wrote a quote that you put down, which is, you know, you spent, you know, four to five years, you battled isolation and, and you were going through this period where you're trying to find or reconnect with your old self. And you said, uh, but you know, I had to find out that that was gone there was that that was then this is now and now i'm going to have to mold a new me and and through that process i mean you know what we're talking about uh, obviously we want people to be healthy and we're talking about workouts and stuff like that but i think it's a really big testament to you man is the fact that it wasn't you know it it, it was okay i'm going to try to i'm going to i'm just going to get out the door i'm going to start working out again and then next thing you know you just started getting all these gym memberships you were like i'm going to do this i'm going to do this mm-hmm. and you, and you're and, and now you're at a point you're like you're doing two a day crossfit stuff you're doing mm-hmm. intermittent fasting 
you're staying on point. You're not, you know, you're not touching the juice, man. You're, you're eat, you eat healthy like crazy. You're always, you know, you're watching your nutrition. You're, you're staying on point. You're keeping a good mental attitude. You're reading 20 pages a day of something you've never learned before just to keep your mind focused on something new and uh, trying to, you know, bring enlightenment to the day. And, you know, I mean, that, but that, it, it shows, I think that is a testament. It shows people the amount of energy you have to put in to fighting this battle. I mean, this is not a, I just went and bought a self-help tape and I'm, and I'm going to be able to, you know, it's a passive process. No, it's, this is, this is, this is bare knuckle boxing, man. This is, this is, I'm, this is a battle. Yeah. I think, I think the key, like for me, it's something Captain Troyer told me I needed to humble myself a long time ago. And I think what happens is, is you have this, I, I had to step back and be like, okay, bro, like you're, you're broken. Like that, except the fact that like something's wrong. What, however the levels are for all of us, it's different. I get it. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not in fucking Delta Force. I'm not a Navy SEAL. I understand. You know what I mean? Like I'm saying like for me, I think, you know, whatever the reason is, maybe I didn't take it as seriously as I should have, whatever, and shit was happening and I wasn't processing. But we all think we're, big, we're, we're you know, we're guys, man. You think you're better or able to handle this shit and – what what happened was I humbled myself. And then like, what I realized was, I think it's, it, it, it's a two part, you know, like I said, mental thing, but also, but I, I legitimately went to someone, uh, a friend of mine at a CrossFit gym who I'd known for a while. And I was like, look, I don't have a lot of friends. I legitimately was like, Hey, can you introduce me to some people? Like, and then during the pandemic, they just so happened that they went to like an old Walmart where there's, it's no longer there. And on Fridays they would have coffee. And they would just sit out in the parking lot, socially distance at a table and just shoot the shit. And I made a couple friends that way. Um, I've started talking to more people, Instagram, whatever. Um, you know, I, I think I also like, I stopped keeping people at arm reach. But what I did was along the way, like I met this girl, um, she was very, very well versed in nutrition. Um, she gave me a lot of pointers, a lot of things that I could do. And I think that's what you need to do is ask. Ask people if you're it's, it, if you're a beginner and going to a gym. Ask people like we'll all help you, man. Like you know, and if somebody doesn't, they're just a straight up dick, you know. And don't don't get discouraged by the first person that says, "Yo, hey, I'm busy." Like, and and also like, I found you're gonna have you have to accept that it's gonna take time. Like you're gonna have to experiment. Like you you say self help books or diet this or diet like. Hey man, I'm fucking hungry and it's telling me not to eat on this app. Like, well, just fucking eat, dude. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't kill yourself trying to find like this unattainable thing. Like a lot of these people that you see on these stories and stuff do steroids and do, you know, I know people that have like eating disorders that post shit that you would look at and be like, holy shit, they're together, but they're falling apart at the seams. I mean, don't go off of social media and don't go mm-hmm. anything else. Like just keep you know use it if you want put your shit out there but like don't follow somebody else's program because you're all different we're all different we're all i work out way more than most people but people work out more than me they eat more than me you know michael phelps trained for the olympics they say twelve thousand fucking calories a day a day like a full pizza for i yeah yeah i eat fucking three three to thirty five hundred calories a day and i i'm good where i'm at 
if I want to add weight, I'll add, you know, just everybody thinks it has to happen overnight and that you get instant gratification now. Like people will pay to not watch a commercial for five seconds. Like what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Just save your money. Do your thing, dude. That's all I say to people, women or men. There's no reason that like you, you if you want it, you got to be in it for the long haul. This isn't like, let's do a six week program and we're going to have a six pack and we're going to go, we're going to, we're not going to need to go to the gym for the rest of our lives. We, there's no magic pill. There's no fucking, you know, drink your lemon water, whatever you want. But at the end of the day, if you weren't putting in the work, then you're not going to fucking end up with the results. That's one of the things about our website. And that's why we want to promote you is because you have workouts that you use that work mm-hmm. for you. But we also were creating catalogs. So like, if you want to try yoga, go to yoga, try them, see what they're doing. Like veteran, like battleborn yoga. We've got all these other yoga's things. yoga's dope, man. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. I, yeah. yeah it's yoga's amazing. great. <laughs> yeah. And it's good. Like if you got a girlfriend or something, or if you're the opposite, if you're, you know, you're a girl with a boyfriend, great thing to do as a couple, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like the gym, you can work out separately, but yoga, you can both do together at the same time, same pose, you know, whatever. And you come out kind of relaxed, get some, you know, I, I think that's, there's, there's so much out there. Well, you know, there's, and like, like Drew's saying here, you know, we, we're trying to be multidimensional with, with the answers or what people want to find. I, nothing against yoga. You know, I, I think yoga is great. Um, I find that I get a lot of my frustrations and my focus and everything that I need to get out, I, I get that through the weights. There's just, there's some type of connection I have with the weight. It's a physical connection I have. I, I have a connection with the, with the struggle of pressing it, of pushing it, the, what my, how my body reacts to it, the feeling I get after lifting. Mm-hmm. That's me. Now, somebody may be a yoga person and say, that ain't about me at all. I'd rather be, mm-hmm. you know, going through these motions and, and you know, stretching my body a certain way and, and learning new ways to get around things. And, and also, the, you know, the, the mental part of yoga, which is the calming part of yoga, as you go through physical workouts and struggle. I mean, a yoga person going to a powerlifting gym where they're playing heavy metal and there's powder everywhere and guys are screaming at each other and slapping oh, each other. The they would They would – have like they'd be like wah you know and if you took <laughs> yeah. a power lifter and put them in a yoga gym and you know and you're just like you know and the music's going and they're like okay now breathe you know that guy's gonna be like uh <laughs> malone malone at a pilates studio dude almost, he, he <laughs> yeah got a cramp in his ass dude and everyone's like stretching and he's on the floor ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's dude, that's what i'm saying though like you gotta find your niche like i i'm like you i like to lift but like the crossfit aspect makes me i do gymnastic movements and stuff like that so i'm you know like i don't want to be and you know I, I guess for me i like them both you know what i'm saying but like yoga i, I did that with the girl i was dating mm-hmm. it was it was nice to go, you know, you, you experience something new. I don't do it frequently. Um, I probably start more, but I, I, I also don't like stretch very well. I'm horrible at all that shit, but I even like, you know, I know like some nights I'll just be extra tight and I have to, but yeah, I, I think, I think you just need to find, you need to find what, you know, something, I know a lot of women, especially don't like to work out in groups. They're very comfortable with it, but like, I, you know, once you get into that, if you have a little bit of a competitive nature in you, I like CrossFit because you, it, I'm competing against myself, the clock, and other people. You know, whether you try to or not, I like lifting because 
I just like, I feel like it is relaxing. You're kind of just in your zone. It's at your pace. Nobody's around, you know, it's a whole, it's kind of, that's kind of like my meditation as well, where it's like, I can kind of just sort through, slow things down, get my, get my bearings at the end of the day, come home. I feel refreshed. I focused on one body group. I know it's stronger. I take a shower, I eat. And then it's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like church for a lot of people that, so you can kind of cleanse yourself there, if you will. Like you said, frustration, anger, anxiety, whatever it is. I find that that's, I always go to the gym no matter what. I agree with that 100%. I, I cannot tell you how many people I talk to. It, and I don't care if it's they're in jiu-jitsu or something like that. Yeah, and a lot of people are that too. You know, that's where they go. But they, I hear that from everybody. When they find their niche, mm-hmm. they're like, it's literally like going to church for me. It's liter- that's, that's me finding my center. It's, ju- it's me in that moment. And I've got all these things that are going on. And I'm expressing it through physical movement. Um, it's art. Yeah. It's like anything else. Yeah, it's just it's I I I love it. I and I think like too like it's it's like I think we brush on it like you're amongst your. It's a good way for like people like us. I think like at least you know or you're kind of socially withdrawn. You're still amongst people, so you don't feel like oh shit. I haven't you know at work you talk to people, but like you haven't been in like a, a non forced social environment. So you're like okay, I was out today. That was like part of the pandemic problem was I kind of lost that. Like, okay. Like I didn't realize like my work, that was my chance to kind of like get out, you know, talk, tell jokes, have fun. And then I would go to the gym, be quiet, but I was still amongst people. You still interacted. And then, you know, you come home, but I realized how much, you know, I had cut off when that that's one thing about 2020 I, I'll remember is, I didn't realize how many people, like I, I have people that I talk to, but how little friends I had, like actual, like, Hey, come on over. What are you doing? Like, I, I, you know, I can probably count on my hand how many people I've been in my apartment. One hand. I've just always lived like that. I don't know what it is, but you know, now like, and it's still, it's, it, it is, but the gym is a good place to meet people. If you do like a CrossFit thing or something like that, I know like, you know, I'll have people ask me to spot them at like ABC which is like the big gym here. And then you just get in these conversations. And then, you know, like now I got a couple buddies online that, you know, I don't really see them other than passing in the gym, but like we'll talk strategy for lifting or something like that. So, I mean, it's expanded my universe a little bit more, but I, you too have to put in the effort to like not seem like, I look like a miserable fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm at the gym, I got a mask on. All you can see is my eyes, my hat's backwards. I'm tattooed from head to fucking toe. And like, you know, I've had, even my friends, like I, I came out of a farmer's market one day and the kid's like, that fucking kid is intimidating, you know? <laughs> but I'm actually like, all I want to do is laugh my balls off and have a good time. Yeah, yeah. dude, you're like one of the nicest people ever. That's fucking great. Yeah, people don't, you know what it is, is I don't, I don't let people in. And I think I, I probably had that energy, like don't come fucking near me, but I'm not like inside. I'm just like, oh, I wonder what they're like. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> I watch them, I watch them work out and then I hear them talk and I'm like, either I'm like, oh, that person, I'd probably talk to them or I'm like, oh, no, we're good. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're good right there. So, but yeah, yeah, that's just, I, 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 I just woke up one day and I was just like, fuck this, man. I'm not going to be a piece of shit anymore. And, and by piece of shit, I don't mean what you do. I, I just, I have an expectation for myself that I set. And I was not even remotely near where I wanted to be. 
and it was just time to get back. And and I think moment of honesty. No, man, I I just fucking I I hated myself. You know, like I at that point in time and what had happened and transpired, I just fucking hated myself. And I was I was embarrassed and I, you know, I wasn't taking care of myself. So now, you know, and again, you have help along the way. It's just like, you know what it's like? It's like a poker tournament. You need a couple breaks with some bad fucking hands to get out. And if you do and you catch them, you, you know, but you got to seek it. You got to try. You got to be in there. You got to be in it to win it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't just play it safe all the time because then when shit goes wrong, you're not going to have anything to fall back on. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I have I have a network of people, who, gyms and stuff like that, and even, you know, uh, friends that I can call and say, hey, man, I'm, I plateaued, like, uh, you know, or I don't feel like going to the gym today. Will you come live with me? And they'll go, you know, or they'll be like, hey, man, here's what you need to do. You know, I had a buddy the other day. He gave me a, a program that's free online. On, uh, I think it was on Bodybuilding Rogue or something the, the, um, for um, Olympic lifting stuff. And just, you know, because I I lost so much weight during the pandemic, but I lost a shit ton of strength. So it was like, it's disheartening. Like when you go from like fucking, you know, cleaning 245, 255 to like now, like 205 the other day, I was like, fuck, man, this feels like 300 pounds. And it's, you know, you just don't want to get discouraged and you just kind of take it. But I mean, I'm also at the age where if I look like I can lift the car, but I can only lift the tire, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, I just want to look good and feel good. So, you know? Yeah. That's the shit yeah. Bill, Bill Kazmaier has a quote. He's, he's an old, he's an old strong man. And he's, I mean, you look at him, he looks like this, he looks like this jacked grandpa, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're, and, but they were like, you know, what, what can you do now? And he's like, dude, I, he, I mean, you, t- you look at the strongman world and he's like, I curl, you know, hundred pound dumbbells. And he's like, but I'm not strong anymore. Like yeah. that, like, that's me just being like, well, I'm going to try to keep what I got. And I look strong. Yeah. I look like this jacked grandpa, but like, you know, like I'm just, I'm old now. <laughs> you yeah, know? I mean, eventually all this stuff, you know, like, I mean, I've heard people say things like do something now that you can do forever. So like, I've been looking at like getting into swimming, like recreationally, like where, you know, I can go to vent has a pool or something like that, which is a local gym here where, you know, maybe just once a week start doing that where it's like, you know, yeah. that's the day I die, you know, where like CrossFit, yeah, you can do it, but I'm not going to be able to do it. Like I can already tell even when I was out of shape, or, or not out of shape, but not in the shape I am now. I was still, when I was younger, I was, it was easier like the next day to get up and not be creaky. And, you know, it takes me a little while longer to kind of get loose. It fucking hurts now. Let's be real, dude. Like yeah. everything fucking Yeah, I, I, I know there's going to be a couple. I got a doctor's appointment Friday. There's going to be a couple surgical consults, I think. Oh, I'm with <laughs> my you, shoulder. Dude. My left shoulder's fucking gone. My fucking knees hurt all the time. You know what it is? You get warmed up, you get well lubricated, you fucking go through the workout. And like, you know, you guys and other people are always like, you do two CrossFit workouts a day. It's like, yeah, but they're high intensity, but they're like 20 minutes long. You know, maybe a little power lifting before. So I really only work out for probably two and a half, three hours a day. And then maybe a run in there pretty much for half an hour. Like through, if, if you look at like how long I'm awake and then what I'm really doing, it's not that much to me. But About an eighth of your day, right? Yeah, I mean, I just don't want to sit around. Like, why am I not at the gym, you know, if I'm not doing something, like, productive? Now, if I have a date or if I have a, um, 
you know, a dinner thing or something. I don't mind not going to the gym after. I'll still hit the second CrossFit because I can. But, like, you know, I, I, I'll skip lifting for the day because I, at that point I don't probably need it, need it, but it's more of a therapeutic thing. But, I mean, like, again, you just got to prioritize, you know? Like, what's, you know, maybe six, eight months ago, I probably would have went to the gym and blown off everything else until I was done. And if you didn't want to hang out with me, then fine. You know, now it's like, okay, I need to get out there and be more social. So if somebody offers me something, or you know, I can be a part of something, I'll go do it, you know? That yeah, is but a that huge talks, part. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, Drew. Yeah, that, but that talks about the growth of what you're talking about here. I mean, where, where you would have been antisocial and just gone to the gym and just done that. Now you're, yeah. you're taking that, which is a workout in itself, right? Sometimes just getting out and knowing you just need to practice working on being more social. That for someone who just doesn't really feel what they want to be social that day, that's a hard, that's a hard mental workout. And, well, you know, I, I feel yeah. like do it. I, I think that was the hardest. That's still the hardest part is like, I don't, it's like making new friends and like talking to people as corny as it sounds like I'm in like fifth grade, you know, or whatever. Like I changed schools or something, but it is like, like to go from, and, and again, you know, what I was considering a friend a year and a half ago is a little different than what I consider a friend now. And it's not anything they did. It's just, I just changed my life. But I, I just, you know, it's like, it's it's very it's very weird to be that that almost like you, you know as a man like you said like I said it's humbling to be like hey man like you want to hang out you know what I'm saying like like I don't you know there's no good way like I don't really have and even now like I I talk to these people at CrossFit and stuff and unless they like invite me somewhere I don't really like ask what it you know it's still awkward to me of course the weird thing it's almost like I back myself so far up that I'm trying to I still got to balance better. Like I, I, like I said, it's always a work in progress. I'm just very, you know, I meet people and I click with them right away usually because like people don't like, like, like Drew said, I'm kind of like, like I'm one of the nicer people you'll meet. I'll do anything for you. You know, you need your leave days. I got you. But, 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 uh, but like, I'm always like, but the thing is, is like, I'm very, I don't want to say like, I screen people to see who I, you know, like I want somebody, you know, you're used to that loyalty that like, that, that camaraderie that you get in the military. And I think you have to accept that like your friendships aren't going to be formed in some kind of, you know, hellish situation where you can keep that forever versus like, Hey man, we're just working out. Like, you know, we'll be cool, but you know, and you have that like lower, I don't want to say lower your expectation, but like that understanding that like, Hey man, you know, probably everybody you meet isn't going to be willing to die for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're kind of like, you're a cool guy in all Foster, but uh, back that expectation down a little bit. So <laughs> we're going to get eggs. We're going to get eggs. It's, it's fucking <laughs> we're, not, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not going to, um, you know. It's not breakfast after a night in Nashville at fucking G's Pancakes and you're fighting strippers over the jukebox. It's not, <laughs> kind of, it's not that kind of breakfast. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's, so, it's more, yeah. So, but that's, that's what it is. It's just like, I think, I think the mental days <laughs> where I come, you're like, yeah. Uh, it, it, it looks it, like you fucking hit home. <laughs> Rook, 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 you had to leave the fucking room and make sure nobody heard that outside. I've no, never it, seen it, Rook leave it, a fucking in, screen that long. In one, <laughs> in one sentence, I just lost my coaching job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, you ain't, you're not going to be able to Different county oh. charges won't stick. Yeah, there you go, man. You're gold. Yeah, I I just laugh about it. It's because it's it's just such a. It's I mean that you know. What are you gonna do, man? (laughs) (laughs) He can't even talk about it. He just wants to move on. It's Rook. It's It's time to ask your gold golden question, your closing question. (laughs) Oh, okay. The Foster man. So we're we're had this theme, and we're we've been talking about it with several different guests. Redefining a warrior. Um, we've been talking about how you do not have to be a warrior uh, or you don't have to be in the military to be a warrior. Um, in your opinion and with your experiences, and especially now with your viewpoint now, how do you define a warrior? I think everybody's battling something. Um, I think, you know, I think the problem is, is everybody thinks that, everything they see and, and hear is real from people that they're all, everybody's okay and you're not. And that's not true. Like we're all going through some shit. And I think the problem that, you know, I would say the way I define a warrior is just that like, if you have a problem and you're, a, you wake up in the morning and you get through the day, you can build on that. And just, just all, all you have to do is keep fighting but also build, don't just be a warrior by yourself, build an army with you, get people That's it right there and, and get a group of people that care about you. I have, I have, you know, real friends and real, you know, comrades will not leave your side in the time of need. And then what I think happens is if you battle through that, when you become a warrior is when you're the one picking other people up and putting them on your back. And then you've come through and now you're helping people. And I think that what you need to realize is that we all have shit going on. Maybe it's not military stuff. And maybe you listen to this podcast and you hear what we did and you think, oh, wow, my shit. Yo, just just because it's not war doesn't mean it's not a battle.